We here at AFB fear for you, the collector, so feel free to send us all your army builders and let us determine the legitimacy. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 198, for the week of Wednesday, the 9th of December, 2015. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Scott. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Funko Pop Vinyl Agent Carter, the Transformers Generations Jetfire, and the DC Direct Superman vs. Darkseid Classic Confrontations statue. Welcome back, gentlemen. It feels like only a week since we did this last. You know, I think you might be onto something there. <laughs> How are we? Tremendous. Oh, exhausted. <laughs> oh, well, I think tremendous definitely trumps. Uh, Mr. Scotty, what have you been up to? Oh, a uh, week of stuff. Um, <laughs> just, are you yep. home? Are you yeah. abroad? Yeah, I've been home this week. We had our um, work Christmas party this week, which was really fun. And... Did our uh, Christmas card photo, um, which was really fun. Um, they went out and bought all these funny little Christmas hats and ties and everything. It was we had, <laughs> had, a, had a good time. And then I've been basketballing today, three games. Mm. Oh, seriously, because Miss Fourteen coaches mm, yep, um, yep. and then plays and then likes to stay to watch a friend play. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I got roped into scoring two out of three times. So, <laughs> yeah, which is always like fun because you're there scoring and there's meant to be, there's one person that enters everything into a little computer program and the other person who runs a scoreboard and they're from the different, representing the different teams. And so sometimes, most of the time you're there kind of scoring with somebody who's equally bamboozled and you're, <clears throat> you know, you work together to try and survive and then occasionally you get scoring next to someone who's mainly focused on making sure that you're getting everything right for their team. Of course. And so I had one of each today. And <laughs> <laughs> the guy nearly got a poke in the eye. But anyway, mm. survived. <laughs> it's amazing how many, um, how many sporting events you go to now. Like a, a friend of ours, their son plays rugby league and he's actually quite good. And um, whenever they're in sort of our part of town, they send us a, a message and we go out and watch him play and – as you sort of walk into the main area of the ground, there are these big signs there now that, that actually say, you know, notice to parents. Yeah. And there's that, that list that says, you know, you shall not, you shall not. And <laughs> you sort of think, isn't it sad that, you know, people have to be reminded that screaming at the umpire who's volunteering their time you know, is actually not appropriate. Totally. Mm. It's a, I think, you know, it is the kind of thing where people get fired up. Um, you know, you get adrenalized. And so, and if you, and, and particularly something like basketball, or anything where there's a ref, where there's refing, and so it is ultimately a subjective 
thing that only works if you just respect the role. Mm-hmm. Um, once you stop respecting the role, and some of them make it hard to respect it because you know they make a lot of dodgy calls. And <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's good. I was really proud of my eldest today because she has been away on a um, hiking camp all week um, with three oh. of her friends and uh, from all from the same school and they all play together and they ended up today the the four of them um, playing with one other player and no subs um, just because people were away etc mm. and playing a team with three subs and they beat them ah. yeah I was very Excellent. proud yeah <laughs> but they, they you know pushed through so yeah, yeah. very but, nice but yeah uh, last last trip of the year next week and i'm off to sweaty and uncomfortable places mm. so yay <laughs> i feel like there should be a surcharge for yeah, let's like, try the climate the wet season danger pay you need danger and mr eddie my new best friend best buddy in the whole wide world what have you been up yeah. to yeah you do, you do love me <laughs> oh, i do what happened <laughs> you'll find out Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've, I'm good. I've just been I'm working full time while at the same time packing up a two story house, which is not fun. And as I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will know, when you're a collector, it's oh. even worse to pack up and move. I've got bookshelves and bookshelves of figures that, and I, I get really weird. Like I've got all my, I own everything from us as a universe classic. And I've got to wrap every one of those up individual in sort of plastic and paper and put that away in a plastic tub and making uh, sure that, you know, Mosquito's nose isn't going to bend or yeah. Madame Raz's flower hat is sort of in between in a little gap that nothing's going to come down on and the arms are in the right way that they're not, and, you know, face paint's not going to scrape against someone's pointed toenail and <laughs> all that fun, all uh. that fun. Bit OCD going on there. Yeah, it might be a little bit, but it's I've done the moves as well where I've just chucked everything in a mm. box and then regretted it on the other side. But yep. I'm had, quite I've lucky. Yeah, it's always oh, I hate it, and particularly you get those certain figures that have that sort of sticky leak to them, yeah. and you're worried about like. Um, Explain how this occurs, Eddie. <laughs> this uh, I can't. It's to do with the quality of plastic that's chosen, where the oil. Um, it has not set and the oil's slowly, uh, coming to the surface due to air pressure. Wow. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. There you go. Nice How combat. do you know this? Yeah. Because I know about action figures. That's why it's I'm on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like a future discussion topic. Yeah. Why do um, my, why, why do like, my toys uh, leak? <laughs> I find uh, DC Collectibles uh, had it a bit with yes. their so like when they have that rubber cape and all that you know if you get two of those put together and it yes. can you know they can stick and you'll peel the paint off onto another one or yep yeah that all all that fun so there yeah my life my life's been plastic crates upon plastic crates at the moment <laughs> when we when we moved in here this house that we built I remember when the removalists left I just said to my wife. They can take me out of here in a box. Like, <laughs> I'm never, ever moving again unless we absolutely, absolutely have to for some unforeseen reason because it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when you actually have to move your comics. That's the hardest. Uh, I haven't even started on them yet. 
I moved my comics out of a two-story house and um, I was sharing it with a mate and we had a spare room that had both our comic collections in it, so it was completely chockers of, of comic boxes. Um, and, you know, I had this brilliant idea of taking the day off um, and, and moving all my comics before um, the weekend so that when my mates came over to help do, like, the furniture and stuff, all the comics were already done and I had a four-wheel drive that had quite a big sort of, you know, area in the back and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do that and, you know, it shouldn't be that bad. So I was carrying two boxes of comics per trip, like down the stairs, and they're just like giant, solid blocks of wood, basically. Yeah, they're so heavy. You got got a few of them. The last time I moved, I got a big sort of plastic crate that was about the size of a good-sized table, but it was shallow. It was only maybe less than six inches thick. And I mm. thought that's perfect for putting books in because you just lay it up and it spreads across <laughs> like this. And I lift weights. Like I'm not by any means, you know, you, if you look at me, I might not seem too healthy, but I do <laughs> do weights as that's like my one bit of exercise that I do. I have my own weight set and all that. So generally the heavy stuff doesn't bother me too much. I got to do a lot of lifting and carrying at work. But realizing that I've filled this wide tray with paper that's solid and heavy, I couldn't <laughs> lift. I thought it was going to make things lighter, but it's phys- physics-wise, it made it even heavier. I couldn't lift this plastic tub off the ground. I needed to put them into, you know, sort of shallower but smaller containers. Work. It's a sign that we need to collect stamps or something, so that you know you just have a couple of dozen albums that fit in a box. Well, I noticed on my Marvel app that I've got over two hundred unread comics oh that I have the, the code you know you get the code with the comic now and you put it yeah, in yeah. and that and that's just for my Marvel books alone so I've been trying to read a lot more and catch up on I just don't have enough time in the day <laughs> it's a bit oh, like that yeah <laughs> I don't even have kids I don't know what I do with uh, <laughs> and um Ben how are you oh yeah pretty good enjoying the uh, new four-legged addition to the family and yeah. speaking of kids we had the uh, the annual school concert during the week and uh, um the, uh, the school that, that the tadpoles go to um is actually quite large there's a, there's a lot of students and it's so big that by the time everyone does their performances they've actually got to split it over two days mm. <laughs> so you can actually go to two concerts and see you know two completely different groups of kids you know on the night um, and having, you know, Miss Seven and two Miss Fives oh, perished the oh. thought that they'd actually be on the same night. Yeah. So, no, Miss Seven was on the first night and um, the, the two Miss Fives were on the, the second night. Oh. So, of course, we took the, um, the, the grandparents and that along to the, the first night. And the, the, the principal, you know, made this really subtle plea saying that, you know, out of respect to the other performers, you know, if your child does their act early, you know, please have the courtesy to stay, you know, so that the people at the end at least have an audience. And so, you know, we did the right thing. We stayed to the end. We took the twins along so they could see their big sister, et cetera. But by the time we got home and got them to bed, um, it was something like two hours past their bedtime. And so the next day everybody was revolting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we had to do the twins one that night. And so they were actually on, um, I think they were the second act. So it was, they were over and done with after 15 minutes. And I said to Mrs. Shake, I'm not doing this again. Like, that's, we're out of here, basically. <laughs> so we were out the door. But, oh, uh, Mr. Scotty, please tell me it gets better as the years go on. Uh, <sighs> Scott, <laughs> exasperated <Scott>. sigh. <laughs> um, I would say that if um, that affects you, 
then calisthenics is definitely not for you. Mm. Avoid like the plague because once you're in, you're in. And, you know, it's, uh, th- that's the worst. The worst year of, uh, parental obligations for me was the year that both girls did calisthenics and they have these like Saturday long competitions and yeah. you, you have to pay to get in. Mm. Um, and then you're basically trapped in there. Um, no one's allowed to kind of come or go, um, <laughs> until all the little identical groups of orange spray tan, fuzzy hair clip on <laughs> ponytail girls mm. have done their, um, horrible little bad routines. Um, it's just like, seriously, when the girls said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, normally money. you're like, now come on, you got to see this through. And they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, all right. Money well spent bribing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, uh, speaking of being trapped, um, dear listener, you are ours for the next couple of hours. So, uh, perhaps we should get started with some articulated news. Indeed. You can bring home the adventure of Disney's Toy Story now on video with the talking and posable figures of Woody and Buzz Lightyear. My name's Woody. Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Cool. He goes in the dark. Meet intergalactic Buzz Lightyear. His new spacesuit protects him from evil proton rays and comes equipped with a flip-up arm communicator. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Firing missiles on target. Buzz Lightyear and Woody figures are each sold separately. Batteries are included from Thinkway. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news, and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world, and we are not a comprehensive toy news service, these are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in, and may have caught our eye this week. And Eddie, you are kicking things off. I am, so beginning with my news tonight, we have uh, images out of the second wave of the McFarlane Halo 5 Guardians figures. Uh, Personally, I'm a bit disappointed with the selection of characters they've gone this time. Uh, There is one character I'm happy to have. You've got Spartan Buck. Uh, For those that don't know, Spartan Buck's one of the main characters in Halo 5. He's actually voiced by uh, Nathan Fillion, and who also lended his uh, facial image uh, to... The character, so hopefully we get, uh, like we had with Locke, a variant of him without his helmet on. Uh, and he's also a big part of the Halo expanded universe, and he was in the ODST game, which was he was brought over for this. So uh, he's definitely a main character we've been missing in the line. But then the rest are just repaints of uh, the armour. Um, armors, sorry, I should say, that we've seen before uh, without actually being characters. These are more the ones that you'd have uh, in multiplayer sessions and that, and we're still mm. missing a couple of main Spartans, uh, from the game, like, uh, Linda and, uh, Vale and Vale. I really want, cause she's kind of an homage to, uh, Samus from Metroid, uh, who looks quite good. So, uh, very happy to see Buck, but the rest of the characters they've added on here, are slight disappointment sort of feels a bit more like a filler wave. So uh, is that because they're just dragging it out? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, McFarlane's done so many of these Halo figures at this point, they're really beginning to run out of characters to actually make. Mm. And you can kind of feel by the way their releases have gone, if it's not a Spartan armor, they don't really sell too much unless it's a character-specific elite 
really. So you're not really getting anything much but Spartans. Mm. Um, and there's just really, I mean, the idea about Spartans originally was that there was only one left, which was the main character, Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. And as they've gone on, they've, I think, started adding more because it's um, their main popularity in it and all that. But uh, it's they pretty much the moment you get a character who's a Spartan and named, you can guarantee McFarlane's going to be releasing a figure of it um, at some point. But, yeah, I think with the new game, they've got a whole bunch of new characters. And mm-hmm. now they're just bringing it along um, where they can. You can see in some of the designs released already that they could do those characters. Um, and even there's some parts here in uh, one of these ones here, which would probably be a bit more of the Hermes, they could turn that into a veil uh, fairly easy. So you know where there's going to be some Buckray use, and there's already some of the Kelly that's been released already in here, but they could do it, so they're setting it up. But, yeah, I would not be surprised if we get three and four waves oh. out of this coming fairly soon. Mm. It's interesting. Um, I've actually played the first four games, and yeah. I've, and while I enjoyed them, I've never had any real inclination to pick up the the figures. But I know our our, our good friend and sponsor Mike S um, has said a few times that these are one of the best sellers for him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise. I mean, they seem to be all over the shop at the moment with the new game out. Most stores seem to have them in some kind. I mean, even. Big W's from time to time, you'll notice them in sort of a back section near the mega blocks, and mm. that they'll have these ones in. So they do seem to move a fair bit of them uh, around. But yeah, generally, in my experience, it's the Spartan armors that have uh, sold through for them. But I, I think they're fantastic figures, like the designs and um, the details on the armor that they put in, like the new lock one. <coughs> Is amazing, and particularly with Lock, uh, with the helmetless version, because it's the same actor who plays uh, Luke Cage in the new Jessica Jones series. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. I've been able to, after binging that show, you know, <laughs> sort of get a bit of an idea of his face and looking at it. It's like it actually is kind of like a mini Hot Toys mm. uh, version. Mm. They're doing some really good stuff at McFarlane, and it's one of the few times McFarlane does articulation, which oh, they actually yeah, do yeah, yeah. very well, but they for some reason choose not to do it. Um, in un- non-video game licenses, oh, yeah. uh, which uh, Todd's explained in a video a little while back where he was saying, you know, video games, they're not 100% realistic, so you expect points that will have bends and all that as they move the character models, but mm-hmm. um, artwork doesn't have that because it's just flat and that's why it's not as articulated and it didn't really make much sense to me what he was saying, <laughs> but he, he has a reason behind it. Mm. Um, Woo, is this a try of the week or a news item? Yeah, Come but, on. Uh, but <laughs> number one. Speaking of uh, things lack of articulation, are, yeah, lack of articulation and things that are in fashion at the moment. Uh, from our good friends over at Funko uh, Pop Vinyls, we have the Clueless Wave. So this is celebrating uh, 15 years of Clueless, the uh, great adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. Uh, we have Sher and. Her friends. Now, I know Clueless more from the TV show than the actual movie. I'm not too sure if I ever saw the movie uh, in oh, the end, but my. I do know uh, a lot of my female friends uh, will probably be sent links of this and go, oh, that's cute, but probably never buy them, <laughs> yeah. which is what I tend to say uh, happens with Funko, uh, which happened to me this week. For those that know me, I'm a huge fan of John Oliver, and it's also been announced that he's getting a Funko pop vinyl uh, for his last week tonight show, which is one of the best TV shows on uh, television 
at the moment, which I shouldn't say because I don't really get it legally here in Australia <laughs> no, um, at the moment. Too. But I've found ways to watch it um, that I might mention. But, yeah, so he's coming <laughs> the out. The uh, podcast does not down, uh, condone bad things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was a bit – once actually I had a million people sent me the link to this, and although I'm happy, I was a bit disappointed because personally I don't think this Funko looks anything like him even it's, by Funko standards. Is this just a reuse of an existing head? And they've gone, oh, yeah, you know, all we have to do is throw some glasses on that and put it on a suit buck. You know, I mean, that, that suit is, you know, probably, um, uh, you know, what's his name from? Uh, Shield or? Yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's a bit of a kit bash. It's, it's a very weird because all his defining features don't match up to Funko. No. Because he has like an oblong kind of head and... Nerd haircut. The Funkos have sort of more square. The haircut doesn't match the haircut that they've given him. His eyes are very, you know, sort of dark in the middle, but then with a white outline in tiny, he's got sort of a large nose and then sort of pronounced lips, and none of that comes across mm. here. In, a, in fact, he looks like I was watching on Netflix dropped the Rob Schneider sort of show that's like Curb Your Enthusiasm, him trying to do a very HBO-style comedy. Mm. And it looks like he wears glasses in that show from time to time, and it looks like Rob Schneider from that show more than it does uh, John Oliver. But uh, there you go. But on the complete other end of uh, the TV uh, the TV world, but uh, HBO, uh, we also have the Game of Thrones Night King limited edition bust. So uh, slight spoilers, the Night King is one of the White Walkers who... Uh, I believe started to have a bit of a bigger impact at the end of the later season. Yep. And this is a bust of him that's coming out from Dark Horse. He's going to be released around April 2016. He's going to set you back around $130. And I can't remember this character too much because I don't think he was in too many scenes, but he's kind of the Darth Maul. I was going to say, I, th- I thought it was Darth Maul in white makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, isn't his main scene when he, um, he, you know, he walks to the edge of the water as um, Jon Snow and his buddies are heading off in the in the boats, and you know he resurrects the the, the dead chick just to sort of show his power. Yeah, I th- I think that's I because there's been a couple of White Walkers, and I always get them confused about mm. which ones actually. I don't mean to be racist to the Walker community <laughs> out there, but they do kind of blend into one um, for me here. So, I love the pose um, on this figure, the way he's got his arms out, and he's just totally doing the come at me, bro. Yeah, it's uh, sort of like an, he's an angry goose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a nice looking. I mean, uh, Dark Horse do do good joke works with their uh, bust there. That's and nice that, and have, we, yeah. have we seen other ones from this line? I'm sort of glad. I think there was a Daenerys oh, in there with, that was sort of like the naked one that cut off right. At the yeah, boobs. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've end. seen the hound as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you say it, I can sort of picture the hounds um, in my mind. But I think they had sort of more wooden bases than this one has kind of like a nice mm-hmm. design. But that could just be the promos that we're seeing here. And uh, speaking of great TV shows at the moment, the other one is the Nickelodeon Nicktoons, which are getting their own mega block. So it looks like Lego's uh, lost the license, which had the building blocks rights to Turtles, and Mega Blocks have jumped on it. And they're doing two styles. So you've got the current Nickelodeon Nick Turtles. Oh, actually, three styles, I should say, because they also have the subline, the Heroes in a Half Shell. And they're also doing what really stood out to me is the classic 80s Ninja Turtles. Mm. So you can get a giant 
robot uh, Krang body there knocking over a Channel 6 News uh, billboard with sort of your classic Leo and Raphael. And there's not a lot of information in the solicit, but there's a turtle shell that has metal on the artwork locked in. So I don't know if these classic ones are actually going to be made of metal and might be a bit more mm. sort of heavy duty in feel, but that not really sure what that metal sign uh, is meaning, but I'm just theorizing there. Why would uh, they need also... to do this when you can still go buy turtles Lego everywhere? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on sale everywhere. It's uh, I've seen it. It's, you know, buy one, get one 50% off and stuff like that. But um, I think they've actually already started to go deeper into some of the stuff than the, um, the Lego stuff ever did. Mm-hmm. So I can see Tiger Claw there. And I mean, those foot soldiers look fantastic in the, um, the Rocksteady. Yeah, the classic set. ones. They've got yeah, that yeah. real sort of classic look about them, the way they, they were drawn by Mirage Studios. So. Cool. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, right, I do uh, like that. Very good. I hmm. don't need another sewer lair, though. I think we've reached our fill of sewer lairs. <laughs> 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 uh, well, following on from that, I've got a, a bunch of Hot Toys news. Now, I'm not buying any Force Awakens Hot Toys until I've seen the movie. Um, repeat, repeat, repeat. But <laughs> Hot Toys is making it harder for me with more First Order Stormtroopers, and they've solicited a uh, Jakku exclusive. Now, Jakku is uh, the desert planet that um, it's going to feature in Force Awakens, and I can't tell um, what this chap comes with besides a Jakku-themed desert base, um, if there is anything... Different I think from the harness. That's, the harness. It's got okay. that sort of weight-bearing harness with the um, ammo pouches. Heavy oh, artillery vest. Sort of, yeah. Say so. Punisher trooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already losing track of all the different stormtroopers that they've solicited. Like, because there's the regular guy, there's this guy, there's the officer, there's the heavy dude, there's the flamer dude. Hmm. Mm. Far out. I I put it out there. The smartest thing that George Lucas ever did was uh, in Revenge of the Sith give the clones different coloured armour because mm. it meant that he could sell every version of the trooper multiple times yep. to different ones. And it looks like Disney have uh, picked up on that in a slight way. There, I'm sure. I'm sure every one of these we're going to see it will be in the film there somewhere. Whether it's someone in the background. Mm. Uh, through a scene running through but yeah i i think that there's a slight bit of planning this going on when they make star wars these days oh but i mean i i love this design like i the more i look at it i just yeah you wouldn't think they could improve on on a timeless piece like the original stormtrooper but that that design is just beautiful (laughs) and I, i love it does feel like this is the progression like it doesn't feel like it's gone backwards or it's just a design for design's sake it feels like you know, if you were listening to a tape deck in the eighties, then this is the iPod version of the <laughs> Stormtrooper armor. Like they got. I feel like I need to know who did the production design for this, just so I can give them credit. It is brilliant. <laughs> it's such a clever innovation on something um, that works so well. Without you have to actually look at it to work out what's different. Um, mm. I think that's the best. Mm. The best kind of thing. Now, um, if you were getting worried that Hot Toys wasn't going to um, keep making Iron Man House Party Protocol figures, um, yeah, you can take a deep breath um, because the Gamma Mark 24? Six. Oh, XXV1? 
yeah, not one fit yet. So 26, thank you very much. Um, the heavy construction suit upgrade, uh, he's green, by the way, if you didn't get that from the gamma. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this suit has the ability to withstand gamma radiation. Um, 34 centimeters tall, LED light up functions. Um, don't remember him from the movie at all. No, no, and I'm not in any hurry to watch Iron Man 3 again, so <laughs> I'll have to take somebody's word, word for, for it. it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so yay. It's a, it's a fun looking figure. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's nicely designed, and I guess you can palm it off as an Iron Man, but man, I mean, there must be Iron Man hot toys collectors that are just going, you know, dude, enough, enough, okay? I've, but you know, this also appeals to, if you think about um, the Transformers um, line, you know, the discussion that we had last week, and, you know, there are people that love collecting robots and different iterations of robots that don't need source material to w- make them want to buy it. And so I would I dare say that there is a, um, a portion of the audience for these toys that actually comes from that. Mm. Um, because you know, it couldn't be, oh, yeah, I remember that from 0.3 of a second of the film, so I want to spend 300 bucks on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there you go. Mm. Um, and then they uh, Hot Toys have also done a tease of Batman versus Superman uh, figures. We had the expanded trailer this week, which personally I was um, pretty excited by. Um, and uh, we can see... The feet of a few figures, a Batman, a <laughs> Superman, and then some other non-name-plated ones. So, no surprises um, there yet. I just need to thank Eddie for posting the trailer on Facebook too. Otherwise, I would have missed it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I spent ages googling trying to find that. No, no, no. So I'm yeah, sure no. you did. I felt bad for. It. I was like, Ben's going to pick on me for this, <laughs> <missed>, but. <laughs> oh, it's funny. And um, then still uh, with Superman versus Batman, we have seen some photos from a event in Brazil. Oh, from Brazil. Brazil. Com- yeah, Comic-Con Experience 2015 in Brazil. Brazil. And um, they had some uh, in-package versions of Batman versus Superman figures, um, including uh, the first look at an Aquaman figure. Um, this is the Jason Momoa Aquaman. And um, boy, howdy, I hope his hair looks better in the movie than it does on that <laughs> figure. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. I was. Um, do you think that the colors of this figure are oh, the colors that he's going to have in the film? Or do you think this is them playing it up for the toy? I hope it's them playing him up for the toy. I think it is. I mean, look, if you look at that, we've only seen really that kind of one awesome promo shot of Jason Momoa, um, the, the live action one. And I love it. I think, I mean, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that is not stressed by movies, you know, not adhering to the source material as long as there's a good reason for it or it's good. So totally open to, you know, this working. I think he, that in the photo of him, he looks badass. Um, and the colors are quite muted. So hopefully they're just playing this up for the toy. I don't actually mind any of it except for his hair looks like, I mean, that's just a terrible head sculpt. How do you get tattoos underwater? You get squidding. That's a really good point. I think one of the reasons it's failing miserably is because if you actually have a look at the promo shot, he's got, um, well, apparently he only needs the, um, you know, one piece of shoulder armor and, uh, it's, 
gold with black highlights. Hmm. And then you look at the Mattel figure and it's gold and there's no wash over it. Yeah. And that's the difference. So anyone with even, you know, uh, a modest customizing skill set is probably going to run a black wash over that to make it look a bit more accurate, presuming they actually go ahead and buy the figure. It's, uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I, that, that's a fail to me. It just looks really ordinary. I, I, I imagine this is going to be the $10 four-inch one that yeah. is at every store. I'd, I'd hope that we get like a six-inch Movie Master version um, with that paint coming yeah. uh, as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm totally open mind for uh, this film and this interpretation. Um, you know, the toy is the toy. Um, I, I'm so distracted by the horrendous, um, head sculpt and <laughs> coloring on the hair that the outfit doesn't even register. I just keep looking at <laughs> him and I, I, I can't work out what I think he looks like, but it's like, Hmm. Almost if, Chewbacca-ish, you know. If, like, if you got the money, go get a Ronan figure from Stargate and give it to Ben to customize for you, and it's much better than the one yeah. here. He actually just looks like a wrestler. Yeah, he yeah, looks, yeah. He looks like someone from the WWE. Just yeah. all right. Well, thank you, Mr. Scotty. Moving on to some more news, and NECA continue on with their Aliens series. This is the 7-inch series, and they are announcing the seventh wave, um, and it's all alien love, mm. So, which is a bit of a shame. I was hoping we would see some more Colonial Marines mm-hmm. by now. Um, you know, having only seen Hicks and Hudson, I just assumed that Vasquez and Drake and Apone, et cetera, would be getting a look in by now, so I'm not sure whether that's a rights issue, a likeness issue or something like that. But anyway, we get three aliens uh, in this wave. Uh, two of them are from the original Aliens vs. Predator. Uh, one of them is very recognisable, and that's Grid Alien. Uh, the other is the Warrior Alien, who I think is just uh, any one of the other ones that's not the Grid Alien. Uh, <laughs> the Grid Alien, of course, is the one that gets um, gets hit with the, the net that's fired by the Predator, and of course the you know, the more you move, the more it tightens until the um, the acid leaks out and eats through it. Um, the third one's an interesting one, and uh, this is something that I'm not aware of, even though I'm a, a fan of the franchise. And the third one is actually the big chap uh, from the original um, Alien. And apparently when H.R. Giga um, conceived of um, the big chap, he was originally meant to have sort of a, a translucent white um, sort of skin, I guess, but apparently because of uh, some of the technical hurdles in, in filming it like that, they ended up having to change it to what is now the, the more familiar sort of um, charcoal-y colour. So this is actually the original translucent sort of flesh-toned big chap, um, which is quite interesting. And it looks kind of funky, actually. I, I think it's pretty good. There's yeah. a, a good promo shot with um, a light source behind it, and it's actually shining through. So I think they've cast it in like a... Uh, sort of an, an off clear and then done a nice little sort of brown wash over the top to bring it out. So that looks pretty groovy. Yeah, I like the idea there's a um, – at San Diego a couple of years ago, they had the albino predator, mm. and I, mm. I think you put these two together and have albino alien versus predator. That's right. That's the new Dark Horse comic. Yeah, so Grid's looking pretty good. And these come hot on the heels of the previous um, – uh, predator wave that was actually aliens versus predators so we saw mm. chopper and celtic and all that so you can sort of finally match them all up so very cool um also from NECA, for those of us who can remember um contra yeah that video game from many moons ago that was um 
probably looked better than it actually was. I don't remember putting too many coins into the machine at the time, but uh, this is a continuation of their um, 8-bit video game line. So, and we get the two lead characters, Bill Riser and Lance Bean, in their video game glory. Lance Bean. Lance Bean. That's right. <laughs> Is that that's got to be an Aliens reference? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Lance Bean. So. The um, I uh, like we don't really have this section, but if we each week were to give something like our news of the week, this was my favourite piece of news of the week. There was just something <laughs> about this. I love the NECA eight bit. Um, I did play Contra back in the day, even though it's hard as hell. I mm, couldn't even tell you what a Contra was. I don't know if it was the alien thing at the end or if it was meant to be like the people that did it, but <laughs> it was a fun game. And these figures are great. Like you've got, you can do the different spurts of bullets going off mm, in all direction. Yeah. That makes no sense as a firearm, but no, works great right. in video game. And I love because the box art of Contra references like Predator and that. It looks like they've used the Arnie buck from mm. their Predator line, which is just clever reuse to get some more of these 8-bit ones. It's just everything about this just works for me. They, they haven't put a foot wrong. It's actually quite fun, and it looks like it's actually the set of two instead of buying them individually. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it is. It's a two-pack. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of nifty. So very groovy. They're obviously thinking outside the box or, or something like that. Um, moving on to my next piece of news, and we knew that uh, 3A Toys was doing some 1 12th or 6-inch scale Judge Dread stuff, and we've mentioned uh, in the past that there was a, a Lawmaster coming, etc., but you can now order the uh, Judge Dread and Lawmaster um, sort of deluxe set, um, and that'll set you back uh, $175.00. Uh, and it'll be out second quarter 2016. So we obviously get Dread, who's um, a bit over six inches tall, and the Lawmaster, which, of course, has the um, the LED lights. We talked about how it's even got the um, the rubber uh, tyres that actually do roll, so you can actually zip that along. So, um, look, I, I'm actually really quite keen on this. I think that's a really nifty uh, okay. nifty vehicle that they just to put so much effort into it. I mean, yeah, you're actually paying for... You know the the headlights to light up and all that sort of thing. It's not cheap, but uh, it does look fun. And you know they've obviously decided that this is going to be a collector's item. So let's just go to town with it. So, so are you getting both the Metzko Lawmaster and the three A one? Look, I'm getting the Mezco Dread, um, yeah. and I ordered that even before I knew three A was doing um, this one. Uh, I think what I will do is probably stick with Mezco for now. Um, I actually think I like the Mezco one a little bit better. Um, this one's a little bit too classic sort of looking. Uh, so I'll probably stick with the Mezco Dread and Lawmaster, um, see how they are when I get them in hand and um, yeah, make the decision there. I think I like the Mezco Dread a little bit better too. Yeah. And my fear with this after the last week's Judge Death as well is if these came packaged that same way, mm. then that mm. would be bit of fun but yeah but on the flip side i'd like to see mezco make a bit of a commitment and you know consider doing some of those more popular characters like the dark judges and anderson yeah and, um you know some of those so you know just getting a dread and that's it is a bit of a stratham a bit of dog would be good too if they had the license for yeah, yeah. Made. some of those 2000 ad yeah rogue soldier all right, and last bit of news is a bit of a preview from Sidechain Collectibles, and I guess we should have seen this one coming a mile away, and that is a new Green Goblin Premium format figure that fits 
uh, very nicely together with the previously solicited Spider-Man premium format statue. Um, I think they're actually designed specifically to go with each other. Um, so we've seen some still shots and also a nice little video on the Sideshow site sort of giving us some angles and stuff like that. Um, I absolutely love the pose. I think it's really quite dynamic and something different. Um, from Sideshow, he's on his glider with some pretty wicked sort of smoke coming out the back of the glider, you know, arms raised. Um, I I love everything about this except one thing uh, is really uh, yep. annoying me. Can, can I guess? You can guess. Is it the goggles? It's the fucking goggles. Oh, yeah, I'm with goggles. you. Yes. It just, oh, if, if this doesn't have a swap out head, um, you know, I'm really, really going to have to sit decide. Uh, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Everything else is, is kind of spot on. There's a little bit of um, artistic license, like in the, the gloves with some leather straps and things. And, and you know, look, I don't mind that sort of stuff. I, I can, um, you know, a little bit of credit there. The facial sculpt, I think, is, um, the, you know, or the portrait or whatever you're going to call it, I think is nice. But I think a lot of people seem to forget that, you know, the goblin is actually wearing a mask. It, you know, it's... Mm. Um, but look, I'm sure, you know, look, if you're out there and you're jumping up and down and saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, that, you know, this is possibly from a specific storyline where, you know, he gets transformed and he does actually, you know, change into a, a goblin-y looking dude uh, instead of wearing a mask, then, you know, look, let me know. But to my knowledge, and I've been reading Amazing Spider-Man for a long time, I can never recall the Green Goblin having goggles. Um you know, I mean, he's wearing a mask. Why does he need to wear goggles over a mask? So, well, the only time I can think of him having something like that is um, there's some depictions of it where the yellow goggles are actually sort of part of the eye in the mask. Mm. Like there was the Marvel Legends in the Sinister Six um, box set, sort of did an interpretation um, yeah. of that design where you've sort of got these yellow bulge eyes that are actually goggles as part of the rubber mask that he's wearing and from a distance it just looks yeah. like his eyes but that's about as much as i can think except for the spectacular spider-man cartoon yeah absolutely yeah. Really. i mean yeah. i thought perhaps that this was maybe based on um you know someone like um uh, humberto uh, ramos who who did spider-man for quite some time um and maybe that was just his version and so i did a google uh, and yeah. i couldn't I couldn't find any reference to him wearing goggles. It's obviously not the ultimate version, so I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting choice. Um, maybe the goggles are removable. I don't know. So yeah, I would hope for a swap out head. I mean, that that's exactly the first thing that caught my eye was uh, mm. that mm. really don't like it. I think they are quite prominently there, right on these head too. So it's not mm. something that. Yeah, I, I think there's some mixed media going on. I think his um, his little sort of goblin bag that you hang over it looks like it is actually made of material, so that's where we get some mixed media. So who knows? Maybe the the goggles are removable. Uh, don't know. Don't know. But anyway, I, I really like the look of it. Otherwise, I think it's it's quite dynamic, and uh, yeah, look forward huh. to it being solicited so I can see all the angles and the extras. Indeed. All right, well, that was pretty darn epic, and uh, that wraps up our articulated news, and we will be right back with the next instalment of that wonderful AFB podcast game, Name That. Of the class. My name for 
Hey, boys and girls, happy holidays. I know everybody's probably getting excited for, you know, the big season coming up and maybe a certain movie. Last time I left you, we read a description and it was something like this. All-terrain exploration vehicle travels on wheels, has rotating turret gun to deal with menacing aliens. Hatch opens on a detailed interior that fits three and three quarter action figures like blank and blank to the right. Figures shown are not included. And this item retailed for ten ninety eight, and you know I didn't have this. I don't think I've ever seen one. This was the Buck Rogers Land Rover. Um, it was like a little land vehicle, and it had like wheels and kind of um, kind of looked like one of those snowcat things. Uh, you know, I always thought it took batteries, but apparently it didn't. Like um, the other Buck Rogers vehicles didn't take batteries either, except for the laser scope fighter. But um, for ten ninety eight, pretty neat little vehicle. So. If any of you guys had that out there, I'd like to know about it, because I think it would have been pretty cool to have. And I imagine it got repurposed into a lot of other things. Well, you know, we should probably do another one of these to get everybody a chance at this again. And we will start with this. Retractable landing gear. Cockpit roof can be opened and closed. There's even enough room for two action figures. Adjustable wing laser cannons. Wings can be raised and lowered manually. Vehicle side pops off for easy access to interior. About 20 by 36 by 21 inches high. Uses two AA batteries. Well, if you think you know what that is, you know, um, you know where to go. You go over to AFB Forum. That's AFBForum.com. You find the name of that thread. You make a guess. And if you get the guess right, you will get points. And for those lovely forum points, you know, we like to give away things and, um, this season, I think we're giving the lint from the bottom of um, our Christmas stockings. So, you know, if you need some stocking lint, uh, this is a good chance to stock up. You know, you get some points and you can get some of that. If that's all too hard, come on over to TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play the picture version. And you can still guess in the forum and still get points for, uh, you know, stocking lint or, uh, you know, tree uh, pine needle fallings or whatever it is that you collect um, will help you out with. So... Until next time, this is John saying peace out. The Starfighter and Buck Rogers. Okay, kid, get ready to fight. Meet Kane and the Draconian Martyr. You'll never catch me. Planes need assembly. Each plane and action figure sold separately. These are the tracks of the Buck Rogers Land Rover, with room for any two Buck Rogers action figures like Twiggy. Oh no, it's Tiger Man. Let's get out of here. Buck Rogers Land Rover and all Buck Rogers action figures sold separately by Miko. We have three toys of the week for you in this episode, and Ben is the first cab off the rank. So over to you, Ben. Thank you very much, Scott. And I am going uh, very small this week compared to the epic TIE fighter of last week. <laughs> and I am going to take a look at uh, a new Funko Pop. Um, and I've done Pops in the past, but uh, a couple of reasons I wanted to do this one. So um, I'm going to be reviewing the Agent Carter uh, Pop Vinyl. Um, this is obviously Agent Carter from uh, said TV, sh uh, TV series. Uh, released by Funko um, a couple of months ago, and 
I was going to say in terms of being, you know, what type of figure it is, this is a bobblehead. If you're wondering why Marvel does Funko Pop bobbleheads, um, go and look it up because it's a long story. Um, look, these set you back anywhere around 10 bucks. Uh, every man and their dog sells pop vinyls now, so look around and you'll probably find um, uh, a sale going on. Uh, I picked up this figure for a couple of reasons. One, I think Hayley At Atwell is fantastic, and um, I was thrilled when she got her own show, and I was thrilled uh, that it actually turned out to be pretty good. Um, Mrs. Shake uh, watches a lot of shows with me and, and tolerates um, some of my likes, but this is one that she really took to. She really enjoyed that sort of strong female um, a lead character, and so I think that's a real credit to the the show's makers um, that that they did such a good job. So, um, yep, pretty excited to hear that she uh, got her own pop vinyl. Um, this is your typical Funko pop vinyl boxed figure. If you have seen one pop vinyl, you have seen them all. Um, there really isn't much to sort of talk about in terms of uh, packaging. You know, it's that window box where you can see in the front, see in the side. Um, you've got, you know, the numbering. She's number 96. I have no idea what the 96 refers to, <laughs> but um, there you go. Um, there is obviously the, the usual sort of deco art on the front. Uh, it's... It's Agent Carter in that familiar blue sort of suit and the um, the red hat. Um, I don't know my fashion well enough to tell you what kind of hat it is, but anyway, she has that red hat um, that we know. Uh, on the back, we get a nice little shot of Miss um, Carter and not in the same gear, which is kind of odd given that there are so many promo shots of her in that outfit. But anyway, there she is with the, um, the little shield logo there as well. Um, I've always had pretty good success with getting uh, Funko Pop vinyls out and back in again. They have that nice little sort of double-hinged plastic tray in there that sort of holds them quite nicely. Uh, this one's obviously moulded to fit the, the hat on the top, and it, uh, it all came out and went back in quite nicely. So that's one thing that uh, Funko have um, to their credit when it comes to these pop vinyls. Uh, now, in terms of the sculpt, it, it is actually pretty cute. It's a it's a nifty figure. I mean, you know who she is straight away if you've watched the TV series. As I said, she's wearing that, that red hat blue suit that we saw in all the promo images. If you were reading comics leading up to the show's debut and you saw those um, those promo posters where she's wearing this this particular outfit. So uh, I think this is sort of the, that signature look that we'll see on merchandise and, and whatnot. Um, so in terms of sculpt, yep, you've got this ginormous hat um, on this ginormous head uh, and then obviously, you know, some some hair and little sort of touches which are quite nice like some sort of pearl earrings um now she's not just uh, a pretty face she's got the the blue suit on but in her right hand she's actually holding a little silver globe which if you've watched the series you'll know spoiler spoiler alert um it actually contains a, a sample of captain america's blood so that's in her right hand it's flipped open and you can see the contents uh, of that left hand on the hip looking pretty uh, pretty cool um, so, look, in terms of sculpt, yep, yeah, looks great. I think, you know, it's um, just what you'd expect uh, to see for, for Carter. So it uh, d does the job pretty well. Um, I Moving on to paint, um, wow, you know, <sighs> I, I do enjoy pop vinyls. I like the, the concept, and because I like so many different properties, it would be so easy to just fall into that pop vinyl mania and just get everything you know i'd love to get the star wars line as well i don't own a single dc one but i'd love to get a few of those um but you know what easily easily holds me back from jumping into to pop vinyls a lot more is the crap paint 
Um, honestly, I you know you look at the promo images when you know we talk about Funko Pop vinyls every week on the show, and and we have a bit of a laugh. Um, but you see this promo art that they put out for these figures, and you know I'm actually convinced that it's 100% computer generated. You know, that we aren't actually seeing a promo image of the actual item that's going to come out. We've actually got something that's been built up in Photoshop um, while it's actually being manufactured overseas somewhere because it's it's so polished in the way they present it. Um, I'm really just not convinced that it is. I mean, if you look at the promo shot, you know, where you see her in the box, um, you can't see any of the plastic tray whatsoever. Hmm. Yet the plastic tray is quite prominent. So it's pretty obvious that they have actually um, doctored that up. So then you get her in hand and you just go, honestly, um, you know, this is a Funko Pop vinyl. The paint is crap. Uh, maybe that's how they keep the price point so low. Um, but really there's, there's a lot of fails in terms of the paint. So color choices are great. Obviously the, um, you know, the red hat there, the blue suit. Um, however, what they've chosen to do is actually cast the hat in red plastic. Um, so what you're missing is some of that vibrancy that you would hope. It's actually kind of a dull sort of matte red. Um, and then you've got the white stripe and the blue stripe around it that's being sort of sprayed on quite, um, it's very average. Um, the bottom, uh, well, basically her body has been cast in blue plastic, but then what they've gone and done is actually painted the flesh tone over the top. Uh, and because she's got blue legs that have then been painted with flesh tone, um, painting a light colour like flesh tone over a, a sort of a, a navy blue just doesn't work. So instead of having a, a nice colour that actually matches her face, which is cast in flesh-coloured plastic, you've got this kind of really weird, almost um, chalky feel to it, and she almost looks like she's a member of the undead because it's um, it's really oh, quite dear. bad. Not to mention, you know, when they paint over her hands, which were obviously blue, um, some of the blue is actually still visible between her fingers and things like that. And, I mean, look, you know, this is a pop vinyl. You don't have high expectations, but, you know, really, you know, Gertie is just having a bad day when she paints oh. these. I, I think she gets like a per-unit um, payment and uh, gets through them as fast as possible. So, you know, even things like the brown hair... Um, that's obviously cast in flesh-coloured plastic because the hat is a separate piece and it's obviously been glued on the top. But, you know, I've got underspray on the, the brown hair. I've got patches of skin colour um, on the hair where they just simply haven't ma managed to get to it properly. But then there's other areas where they've just oversprayed onto the, the flesh of the, the face and the head because um, they just haven't been careful. Uh, there's a bit of paint rub on her collar, which is kind of a, um, I guess, a bit of a, oh, I don't know, stucco colour, um, and that's that's rubbed, so you, the, the blue is actually coming through underneath. Um, they've dabbed some red on her fingernails, uh, and that's actually fairly ordinary. So, look, you know, overall, it, I could just go on and on, but really the paint is just complete rubbish, um, and this was actually one of the best of the bunch. Um, I did actually want to get this... Uh, on the day that I was searching for it, rather than go around to too many um, different places, I got this at a zing, and I was lucky that there was half a dozen there. And this was actually the best of the bunch, which is really quite disappointing. So, you know, paint is really, really quite, um, quite ordinary. Um, they even managed to get a good splatter of brown paint that when they were doing the hair on the underside of the hat. So I've got brown paint on on the bottom part of the red hat, and it's not even subtle either. It's it's clearly a you know a, a bad um, mistake, um, and that's the sort of thing I actually didn't notice in the shop. It wasn't until I got her out that I saw those. So really, really quite ordinary. All right, moving on from paint because it's uh, depressing. We'll talk about articulation. <laughs> um, 
not much, not much in the articulation stakes because um, you know it's a it's a pop final. Um, it is a bobblehead, so she obviously has that that wobbly thing going on. If you want to count that as an articulation, uh, in terms of playability and posability, um, I've got a new cam, a new category in the template for doing toys of the week, and I call it Boo Hiss. Oh, uh, and the Boo Hiss factor for this one is that. Um, her body is absolutely tiny um, compared to the head, which is not unusual for a pop vinyl. But this is, you know, this is Agent Carter, so she's quite slim in terms of that that sort of physique. Um, and so the the body is tiny, and therefore the feet are tiny, and she doesn't stand up. Um, you know, a few times I did manage to get her to stand up by sort of twisting the bobblehead to sort of train try and change that sort of weight distribution. Um, the slightest bump to the table and it sent her toppling over. So uh, if ever you needed um, an excuse to keep your pop vinyls in the box, this is definitely one because she just simply won't stand up on her own whatsoever. Uh, in terms of accessories, no, you don't get any accessories. However, there is actually a variant around uh, of this figure. It's exactly the same figure, but instead of holding the the silver, um, you know, whatever you want to call that little compact thing with the the blood sample in it she's actually holding one of those um explodey globes that um featured in a number of episodes um in, in season one and it's um it's actually quite nicely done um it is actually a little it's a a, a clear plastic that's been done in a, in yellow so it's not just a, a plastic ball that's been painted it actually does look quite good um and it is a variant that you don't see around much and it just so happens that there was um one of the variants amongst the other figures on the shelf so i picked it up at um normal retail price and um promptly gave it to mrs shake who um, took it to work and put it on her desk oh that's so, nice yes so i managed to pick up both of them which was quite fun so look overall i i mean i'm i'm really glad that we actually get to see figures like this and it's not just um you know spider-man wolverine captain america sort of over and over again it's 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 good that funko is actually delving into some of this stuff and i know it's based on a tv property and, and not so much you know a b or a c list comic book character but um you know i really enjoy the show and i really like the character so it's nice to see some merchandise that said though look i'm I'm not going to give this any more than about probably six and a half dollars out of ten. Um, mm. Really, sort of getting tired of of Funko's really really crappy QC. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty poor, and and I think pop vinyls are popular enough now, and they're generating enough sales with this sort of thing that they should be able to lift their game a little bit. You know, you have to think it's just a scalability issue of how quickly you can expand and keep quality control and obviously there's a pressure between um to to reduce production costs and so um they've just let something slide there and i think that they might get away a little bit too with the fact that a lot of people don't open these um you yeah. know they a lot they collect them you know in the box etc um but you know they're they're not uh, in australia they're kind of now around the 19 dollar mark you know 18 19 mm-hmm. Um, bucks and that's not pocket change no um, you know so I, 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 it's disappointing look I still won't order these blind no, I, I won't no. order them from um, you know e-retailers I, I need to see them in the flesh so that I, I don't pick uh, you know crap paint jobs um, yeah I, I don't know I think you know it's it's true what you said about people not taking them out of the, the boxes I mean the last comic convention I went to you know there were actually people selling um, pop vinyl cases 
so that you can slip your, you know, boxed pop vinyl figure in there and protect the box as well. Mm. Um, and then you display it in, you know, in the box, in the protective plastic container. So, but I don't know. I just think, um, you know, Funko owe it to, to people to, you know, up their game a little bit. But, you know, the, the sales of pop vinyls are massive. So people are obviously just picking them up despite the crap quality assurance. Hmm. So, hmm. There you go. Sad, sad. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. I think that's a good, honest um, review. And we will take a break and come back in a moment to talk about the new items that we've added to our collection this week. Anyone for turtle soup? Oh no! Raphael's in the clutches of the evil foot flesh-o-matic torture machine! Will the turtle cycle make it in time? Will Raphael be destroyed by the retro-mutagen ooze? I don't know. What a shot! The double-barreled plunger gun saves the day again! And with their retro catapult, the turtles are giving the foot some of their own medicine! Anyone remember where we parked? From Playmate! We're all here because we collect. So, feeding the addiction is the segment where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders or anything else. And, well, I think, well, Eddie, you definitely have the most exciting news this week. I do, and it's your fault. (laughs) Because, as I mentioned, I'm moving, and the last thing a logical person would do when they're moving (laughs) is purchase a giant box with a Black Series TIE Fighter. Oh, uh, that's why you're I heard a wonderful review that (laughs) made me sell and buy it, and then I... Just weirdly, even though in between my work and the mire in Melbourne, there's probably two train stations, I managed to walk home and pass both train stations and find myself in the mire and then <laughs> found myself at the ticket, uh, the counter desk purchasing <laughs> with said Black Series in hand. And stupidly, the lady behind the counter was very nice and said, you know, because this is such a big thing and it's over this amount, we can actually uh, ship it to your house for free so you don't wow. have to take it home. And I was like, oh, that's that's quite good. How long would it take? And then I said, oh, it'd be about 10 business days. And I was like, oh, that's that's not good at all because I'm moving and <laughs> that's, very, that's oh, like oh, right that's, on the line. So if it's good. off by day, I'm not going to be home to... Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be in that house anymore to collect it, so I'm just going to have to carry it. Thank you. And then I was walking away. I was like, I'm an idiot because there's someone still living in the house that I'm moving to. I should have just given them that house, and then I don't have to move it twice. And now I'm carrying it on a train and had to move it. And do it But that's the things you realize when you walk away. But, yeah, so I've, I've grabbed that. Did you open um, it? Did you get, did you get no, it? No, I haven't haven't opened it. Oh, actually, no, that's a lie. I did open it just to check that everything was in there. Um, but I haven't pieced it together <laughs> on that side. But it, it, it's big. I couldn't it's fit funny. your head between the wings and the cockpit. Can we just um, talk about for a second when you, you um, texted me that message going, oh, man, I'm really on the fence about the TIE Fighter. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you, surely you can't be sending me a message to talk you out of it. Because like, right. look, look at who you're texting. I bought three of three, these things. exactly. <laughs> well, That's right. Part of me was hoping you were going to say, oh, if you get it. Because... I was sort of thinking, well, if Ben doesn't have it, then <laughs> it's kind of my responsibility for the podcast because this is such a discussed item uh, and as a black series, then I should get it for that. But then I was like, oh, but 
if and then my logic changed to the complete reverse, which was, well, if I get it, then I've got to put it together, and if I can't undo it, then that's going to be a bugger for moving. <laughs> so I shouldn't get it. But if Ben's getting it and reviewing it on the podcast, then I don't have to put it together, so I can keep it in the box. So I can, <laughs> and the you know the logic just flipped around. Um, the other way, both ways, so that I got it no matter what your response was. Oh, that's right. Good one. Uh, Good there one. at the end. But um, that also had a bit of – I saw some people were unhappy because it's on sale at Meyer, and some people paid the full amount, and now yeah, that it's that going for that, bummer. some people weren't too happy. And that leads me into my second item, which had the exact same thing happen to it, uh, which was the Masters of the Universe Classic Talon Fighter. Uh, I've been collecting Masters of the Universe classics for almost the entirety of its run. And if there's one thing I've learned in this time, which is not a good business practice for them to have instilled in me, it's with the vehicles, just wait and you'll get a good deal yep. on them mm, fairly exactly. soon. They come out at the end of the year, usually right before the Black Friday specials. And every year it seems like they come out and then a couple of weeks later there's some sort of deal going with them. <laughs> and it was no different this year. So Talon Fighter, it's almost in a box as big as the um, <laughs> TIE Fighter, at least lengthwise. It probably doesn't go as tall, but, you know, sort of we're talking similar range vehicle scales. You get the big ship plus an extra chunk of Castle Grey skull to go on the top. And uh, yeah, yeah. what they did on Maddie for Black Friday is there was a small window where you could actually order this and get it shipped free, including international shipping. Uh, and the shipping on this was around $75 US, so around $100 plus Australian. And it's a huge chunk off doing it. So I ordered it then. Um, but there are obviously a lot of people who are upset who got this on the day of sale and kind of understandably if you picked it up and then a week later it's a hundred dollars less um I, I can say they're definitely being be upsetting frustration there yeah, yeah so um i don't think it's a good practice that uh maddie's installed in people which is wait for a sale um it's it's generally not a good thing you want people buying it as soon as they come out as they say with this stuff but it's that and then the other thing is my toy of the week which actually had a very similar um theme to it of something that's come out at one price and then gone on sale uh, kind of quickly for a completely different one, but I'll talk about that uh, a little bit li later on in the show. Cool, yeah. cool. And Mr. Scotty, you you are not a happy chappy. Oh no, my collecting week was a um, tale of betrayal and disappointment. <laughs> um, I've got two things on the way, both of which really should have been here by now, and neither of which arrived. So. Mm. I have my big stuff. Um, if it won't go to a post office box, it gets delivered to the office. It's in the office all week, watching a little tracking thing, and yeah. yeah. So, but and then then I'm away for a week, so by the time I get back, so hopefully for next week's show, I should have a uh, um, a choice of new statues to um, review. I'm waiting for my tweeter head penguin. And oh, yes, yes, yes. my DC collectibles, Constantine. Mm. Um, and yeah, so thus I am going into the archives for my toy of the week this week, but that's okay. It's good to cool. actually have to appreciate the cool things that you already have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, I picked up the, uh, the agent Carter, as I mentioned, but I also had a, uh, a huge win this week. Um, I have a, a an Android phone, and uh, when you get a text, um, you see some of the 
the, the contents of that text runs along the top of the screen. And uh, I was out and about doing all sorts of things when I heard my phone and, and it sort of went again and I sort of, as I was taking it out, I, I could see some text and it just basically had, you know, you want. And I thought, want? It's from Eddie. Want what? And I clicked on it and opened up the message. And um, the, the man is uh, uh, just, you know, elevated to a, a new level with me because he's found uh, an additional Star Wars black Captain Phasma. And being oh. the, the true champ that he is, oh. uh, he offered it to me and I jumped at the opportunity. So uh, many thanks again, good sir. No, that's okay. I was actually just amazed that I found an open post office on a Friday <laughs> night. Which... Yeah. yeah, when you sent me all these messages about, oh, man, I can't post it till late next week, and then I suddenly get this message going, shit, it's open, <laughs> the post office yeah. is open. Send me your details. <laughs> I, I think I was that annoying guy. I think they were about to close. And <laughs> I was just walking around and saying, I'm running in, and I just grabbed the box off the shelf and um, handed it through, and they did the package and set up there, but... I was like, okay, that'll save me because, uh, and as I said to you, it was not me being nice trying to send it off early. It's to stop me <laughs> uh, moving and then having yeah. to dig through all the boxes just so I could uh, send it out to you. That's funny. Nice. That is very funny. Well, hopefully it arrives in time and we can uh, do a co-review or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm actually, weirdly, I'm still waiting on mine to arrive because I've got it sent to the other house. So I'm not too sure uh, whether I actually even have mine uh, hmm. there or not yet. But I, I feel even more we'll special. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I should have waited before I pass. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, we'll come back with our second toy of the week. Here's the new Star Wars Death Star Space Station that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. Darth Vader's firing a laser cannon. It's been hit. He's after Luke. Take the elevator. Hurry! Now cross the light bridge! You won't escape me! Jump, Luke! Oh no! The trash compactor! There's a trash monster! The wall's closing! Save! Kenner's new Star Wars Death Star Space Station. Action figures each sold separately. Well, now it's time for our second toy of the week, our favourite feature segment, and Eddie is taking a look at a Transformer. Hey, this is beginning to be a bit of a thing. Two weeks in a row? What are we, a Transformer yeah. show? Oh, there's enough of those on iTunes already. We don't have to Crazy. Crazy. Um, this, this is, yeah, it's not me trying to suck up to the Transformer fan community. <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. I'm moving house that most of my things are packed away and no longer here, but this is something that I did pick up this week. Uh, so it is a Transformers Generation Jetfire. Uh, obviously produced by Hasbro, being a Transformer toy. It was technically released last year, uh, but this guy really didn't see uh, landfall here in Australia till uh, this year, uh, earlier on. Uh, he hits uh, sort of Toys R Us's uh, for the most part. He's retails generally for $100 because he's a larger leader class transformer. So he's uh, one of the ones you're going to get in the big boxes. Uh, he's also one of those ones, annoyingly, if you're buying him for $100 at Toys R Us, that comes with one of those like spider um, alarm locks on him where you've got that sort of uh, giant electronic disc with the strands that wrap across and sort of strangle your box and <laughs> rip that if you've seen uh... those. Uh, through so um, he he's been a bit of a pain for certain people to 
track down, particularly those that are mint in box collectors, because Toys R Us seem uh, quite happy to destroy uh, all their nice boxes with those security tags. Uh, and then this week, uh, this fella has broken the Australian Transformers uh, Collector Club internet Facebook groups uh, because he started turning up sporadically at uh, our discount stores, the reject shop, for $20. Uh, so there's a bit of difference there because you can still find him in some places for 100 and then you've got him on shelves for $20. Uh, which is cheaper than a deluxe figure here in Australia. Uh, and it sent people running out to reject stores and grabbing most. Reject stores did seem to get them in, but they only had about four per store. Uh, so depending on the area you're in, uh, your luck varied, depending on if you could grab one. Uh, but it's gone sort of crazy and viral. I counted just earlier today there were 27 posts about mm. Jetfire uh, on the Australia Transformers Collectors Club page uh, in the last 24 hours. So that's not this whole week that he's been hitting, but just people starting different threads and posts about him and finding him and doing all that. And, yeah, some people are quite furious because they recently paid $100. Some people are ecstatic to get him at $20, which is yeah. uh, where in the camp that I sort of fall in. Uh, so I thought uh, being that he's such probably the most talked about figure in the Aussie collecting community, and he's the only figure I have in the house. <laughs> um, I'd go with him today. Uh, so he comes in a, a box. It's very much the Transformers Generations design, which sort of harkens back to the original bio cards with sort of the red box um, grid pattern on it there. Uh, he has some fantastic comic art. Uh, on the box, which is something I really like about the Transformers Generations line. They get that real uh, detailed comic book image of the character uh, to put on. Obviously, you're not getting an image of an actor or anything like that because uh, these guys don't exist, but just some really great comic art. Hasbro uh, spare no expense in their artwork on the box, which is something a lot of toys lack these days. So if you get a chance, I do recommend checking that out. I couldn't find the artist of the art unfortunately, but uh, if by chance you're listening to this, very well done. Uh, for a Transformers box, it is very collector-friendly. You can open it up, slide him out, take him out of the plastic tray, um, fiddle with him, put him back in, reseal it, and it would be pretty much the same. There's some plastic tags uh, that you can uh, remove, but with Transformers, they actually use these sort of almost like paper straw tags. They're not that plastic or metal bar bend so they're just sort of tied up um, almost like yarn uh, kind of material so mm -hmm. it's actually quite easy just to untie it at the back and slide that off and just retie it on or uh, it's actually really easy to cut with scissors uh, so I actually really like this sort of yarn tag that they use on the Transformers I wish Hasbro used it on uh, more toys because it also doesn't really damage the figure either if it's done too tight or that because it's just a papery material and no metal uh, in there, so I, I do actually quite like uh, that addition that they have in there. Uh, in terms of sculpt, he's a fantastically sculpted toy. Now, Transformers, you kind of get away with it a little bit being a robot. You can sort of sculpt uh, the design that suits you best. Uh, he's got some very good engineering on him when you talk about a Transformer toy. So you've got the robot mode. Uh, which does look like a robot. He does have a bit of 
uh, what's called a backpack on him. So a lot of his extra kibble pieces from his alternate mode that sort of fold up onto his back there and sit and rest in there. But the uh, bulk of the robot mode does look good. His alternate mode is a jet plane, which does look very nice. And there's actually, with the Transformer jets, you often get a lot of kibble and that on the bottom of the jet, and there's the good shell on the top. But with this one, he does transform fairly well, so all the pieces uh, sort of form a good part of the jet. It's not something you can flip around the other way, and it looks kind of off. But the only problem is his head does sort of stand out a little bit there on the... uh, bottom of the jet if you're flipping it around you can sort of notice oh there's a random robot head there uh on the belly of the jet uh now speaking of his head he does have a wonderful head sculpt and he technically has two head sculpts so the actual original jet fire uh was one of the rare uh transformer toys that wasn't taken from a japanese diaclone toy as we talked about uh them using diaclones last week he was actually taken from um, across line which we know better here in the west as robotech uh so he was the guardian plane from robotech almost exactly mm. copied oh. and it put him into a weird bit of license rights uh so the toy has a very sort of like cyclops type visor and a faceplate sort of similar to the faceplate optimus prime wears but they couldn't use that design in the cartoon because of robotech having its own cartoon rights and all that uh so for the cartoon and the comics they gave him a completely different uh face uh which is sort of a more humanoid looking face so with the head on this one you've got the very humanoid uh looking face head sculpt uh but he comes with a sort of battle faceplate that you can clip over uh, his head sculpt, and it becomes that very classic toy design look. So they've managed to incorporate both looks uh, into the figure without providing alternate heads, which uh, I think is quite cleverly done, giving him a bit of a battle mask. Uh, they're very reminiscent of the Beast War era ones, uh, while getting both of those designs in. So I do quite uh, like that. He does come with the big engines, um, big red engines that the Macross design came with, and they're actually removable, so you can keep it as a sci-fi jet, or you can remove them off and have him uh, much more modern-day military-style uh, jet there. He does have a lot of uh, red vac metal on him, particularly on the weapons. Uh, it does make him look nice and good, but I'm not a big fan of vac metal, particularly on Transformers. With all those moving parts, it is easier to sort of scrape and dint and scratch and all that. Uh, and apart from that, he's just got a few sort of just matte red touches and a little bit of light clear blue plastic but there's not a whole lot of paint apps on him apart from the silver on his face and a little bit uh on his chest so he does have a what's known as a faux chest so uh his chest is designed to look like the shield of a jet kind of changed a bit but it's actually a fake piece that isn't the uh cockpit of the jet at all the cockpit of the jets on his back so it's got all sort of robot parts with the uh, autobot emblem uh in it there articulation wise he's got multiple points uh and moving parts which you have being a transformer but for the most part in his robot mode uh he's got your basic one so he's got ball jointed head that also has a swivel joint at the base uh ball jointed shoulders uh that also do sort of swivel out on the arm so you can do sort of a um side jumping jack kind of motion uh he's got uh cuts at the uh elbows which have 
a ratchet joint, which you can <laughs> hear me turning there. Now uh, he's got ratchet joints as well in his legs as a ball joint and ratchet joints in the knees uh, there. Now, unfortunately, he's uh, got a little bit of ankle articulation, uh, but there's no ankle swivel, and his ankles are kind of on an angle, so you do have to have him a bit of uh, with a bit of spread legs there to get him standing up. You can't really pose his legs around uh, while keeping him st- standing. So if they had just had some ankle swivels in there, that would have been uh, really good. In terms of accessories, as I mentioned, he's got the face plates, uh, but he's also got five different guns that uh, can attach to different parts of his body and the jet, and you can also connect them all together into one giant super gun and a missile for the middle gun. So he's got sort of a spring-loaded uh, setup in there, which is actually a very powerful uh, spring-loaded missile. It's uh, sort of going back to those classic 80s ones that will clear a room uh, quite well. So That's funny. Be careful about pointing that um, down your throat if you're an <laughs> eight-year-old uh, who's going to get more Star Wars toys banned. But um, very powerful missile uh, click there. Uh, now, he is, as a leader class figure, um, he's actually quite small for what's considered the leader class. And I think going back to my original mention that he was originally $100, I think if I'd paid $100 for him, I would have been very disappointed uh, he's not overly big. He doesn't have any electronic parts in him. Um, the design is good, but it's not overly complicated. I was able to transform him back and forth without even looking at the manual. Um, so he's good, but I don't know if he's that. But as a $20 figure, uh, he's mm, fantastic. Mm. He's a really good uh, piece to the collection at that price. So uh, if you can find him uh, at a good price, I do uh, highly recommend him. I don't know if he's worth the full price or he lives up to that sort of leader class standard but um all in all i'd probably give him uh eight dollars out of ten cool man if you if you keep talking about these and uh making me interested in them to the point where i buy one i'm going to be really mad at you yeah you kind of of do that like when we were talking about grimlock you know and i sort of thought wow there's a couple of really nice figures there it'd be just nice to just have that one (laughs) Cool-looking yeah, one. No, 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 yeah, no, no. exactly. The, uh, the worst is I've avoided doing it, but I've got it saved up as one of those, like how you have uh, one, Scotty, tonight. I've got the masterpiece Optimus Prime with the trailer that turns into the base and all that and classic look, and that, that's one I've got in my back pocket for one day when I don't have anything, and I think that'll be, that'll be the test one. That'll be the test. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's <laughs> the most popular sculpt out of any figure ever released in the it line. It could be the gateway drug. Yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> I'll be sick that week. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, thank you, Eddie. And uh, coming up next, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, Red Carded is that point in the show where we scratch our heads and um, wonder what on earth has gone wrong, either with the toy industry or a particular toy or sometimes the people. And uh, I think this is uh, a people thing tonight. So over to you, Ben, to complain about people. It is. It is. Thank you. Um, yeah, look, we've talked on recent-ish recent ish 
episodes about uh, the buying and selling on some of the Facebook groups. Um, and Scott, you and I have had some pretty good success at palming off some of our crap, I mean, um, gems. Yeah, yeah things, yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and making a few bucks to spend on other stuff. And, you know, I said that it, it's good because, you know, you're dealing with like-minded individuals, collectors who are on that group for the same reasons you are. And, and it's great because you can skip eBay fees and, and all that sort of stuff and just have these easy transactions. And for the most part, um, you know, it should be really good, but, uh, I've actually noticed now a couple of times, uh, a new practice that seems to be popping up, um, a, a little bit too frequently, uh, where, you know, shouldn't happen at all. Um, and I was actually inadvertently involved in one of them. And, uh, there was an individual on one of the statue groups, uh, who was selling some premium format statues and, and what that person did was to make some legitimate transactions um, uh, in order to build up a, a bit of feedback and a bit of a reputation. And um, I actually bought a premium format statue off this person and it was a fantastic transaction. Everything went really well. Um, the person is based in Europe, uh, so the English was not the best, but I, I found it was a, a really good transaction. The item was really well packed. It came by DHL Courier. Um, and, and, you know, consequently, uh, I stepped up to bat for this person and, and every now and then when someone would post a message saying, Hey, I'm thinking of buying a statue off of person X, you know, I was one of those people who, uh, who jumped into the comments to say, yep, you know, um, great seller, you know, highly recommend, had no problems, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but as it turns out, what this person was doing is, um, yes, they were genuinely selling statues, but, um, after selling a half a dozen statues, um, they started to put up um, for sale some rather high-end premium format statues, including the Sideshow Doctor Doom on Throne statue, which goes for several thousand dollars. And basically what they did is they lured a, a number of collectors into um, paying for these items and promptly disappeared. Oh, no. Um, and not only disappeared, but one fellow who paid about $4,000 for a very rare statue um, got four boxes uh, that, that included statues, um, but basically it wasn't the statue that he paid for. They were four statues that sort of go fairly cheap that they probably wouldn't be able to sell individually, um, which makes things very complicated because when you do your eBay, um, yeah. sorry, when you do your PayPal, uh, you know, um, what do you call it when you, you make a claim, etc. Yeah. Your dispute, thank you very much. Uh, it makes it really hard because you're not saying, look, the person just ran away and I never got the item. Um, you actually have to say, well, you know, I got something, but it wasn't what they actually said. Um, and then it becomes a he, you know, he said, she said kind of thing and uh, really sort of quite disappointing that, that you know, one fellow in particular um, who who actually sent me a friend request before this happened, um, based in the US, got scammed for, for several thousand dollars. And so I've now seen this happen a couple of times, including on um, an action figure site as well. So, you know, really quite disappointing, uh, in particular because I, you know, I actually have, you know, a bit, bit of, um, bit of guilt, I guess, because, you know, I stepped up and said that this person was good to deal with. And it turns out they were just setting up a couple of rather large scams. Um, so, you know, really quite sad that, you know, these Facebook mm. groups 
um, I thought were the place to go to, to find sort of genuine collectors that you could deal with. But uh, turns out, no, it's really not that much different to um, some of the, uh, the the bad people we get on eBay, etc. It's mind-boggling, I think, if you're that desperate um, for money, you know, it's a it's a a weird way to try and approach it. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I've only ever had one major dispute with a seller uh, in terms of a high-end item, and it turns out it was a person listing items on eBay, uh, and they listed a lot of items, about 80 items, and it turns out they didn't have any of them. They just simply listed them, got the PayPal money, and then did a runner. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. PayPal, obviously, you know, I'd never undertaken a dispute before. Uh, and so PayPal said, okay, well, you know, you've given us your side of the story. We're now going to contact them. Uh, we haven't heard from them. We'll give them two weeks. And if we haven't heard from them, we'll give you your money back. And sure enough, they obviously gave me my money back. And, and you know, then they attempt to pursue the individual who disappeared. So, yeah, really quite disappointing. Um, seen it a few times. So I guess uh, buyer beware. Uh, it really doesn't hurt to do a bit of a search um, for that individual or even contact a couple of the administrators um, of the page you're looking on to mm. see if but, you know, they in have that information. Instance, that's so so much work to go to to say, mm. right, I'm mm. going to build up a reputation here so that people feel confident to give that amount of money. You know? yep. I mean, yeah. you, you'd have to think that it was uh, – the intent from the beginning and that, that's yeah. amazing yeah and i mean they certainly did palm off items they genuinely wanted to sell like they you know they they moved stuff that they were clearly selling and they did it legitimately and got you know legitimate money for it but then obviously decided to build that up and uh sell items that they they didn't in fact own um you know, I've seen a, a number of posts now where people have said you know this person's selling this high-end item and they're actually using my photo um, you know, this is a photo of my version of this statue. So, you know, they've taken it off of a forum somewhere. So, you know, don't buy into the fact that this is the item they're selling because they're not. Yeah. So, so, yeah, unfortunately, there are bad people everywhere. So, um, yeah. yeah, those shady sellers, you're getting our red card of the week. Fair enough. Um, mm. Thank you for that well-deserved red card, Ben. We're going to come back in a moment with our final Troy of the Week for this episode. RoboCop, part man, part robot, all cop. The ultimate in law enforcement, RoboCop and the Ultra Police. The only cops with rapid repeat cap firing. He's unstoppable. Battling the worst criminals, Headhunter and Nitro. <laughs> the Ultra Police, protected by Robo Armor, bring RoboCop even more firepower. In the fight for justice, nothing can stop. RoboCop, RoboCop and the Ultra Police, each sold separately with RoboCaps. And finishing off this week's Toy of the Week run is Mr. Scotty in third and final place. But um, bring <laughs> us up to the finish. Good sir. It's the Stephen Bradbury of the, um, <laughs> of the podcast. Um, okay, so as I mentioned, um, I thought I was going to have a luxury of choice of new Toys of the Week this week, waiting for a couple of statues. Neither of them arrived, and so... Um, <laughs> Not to be deterred, I thought, well, I certainly have some nice stuff around here that I either haven't reviewed or that I owned, I got before the show started. And so I started looking around and, um, one, uh, line of statues that I have really enjoyed collecting is a line that, uh, was from DC Direct, which is now DC Collectibles called the Classic Confrontations 
line, and this is the uh, A-list DC heroes uh, sizing up against their one of their main baddies. And so previously I have reviewed on the show the Batman vs. Killer Croc statue, um, and today I'm going to review the Superman vs. Darkseid statue. Now this has had a reissue um, in recent time from DC Collectibles. Mine's the version 1 version, so it came out in 2008, uh, but it has been uh, re-released a version two, um, with a slightly darker blue Superman, um, since the transition from DC direct to DC collectibles, mine's the first edition. And this is a statue that was, uh, designed by Walter O'Neill and sculpted by Ray Villafane, who, uh, back in the DC direct statue heyday, was one of their lead statues, and now he's a famous pumpkin sculptor. Have you seen any of his work? <laughs> I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's stunning. It is amazing. This guy, I think he's got a TV show, or like certainly he, <laughs> he takes these giant pumpkins and sculpts the most amazing faces and things out of them. It is just you know beyond stunning. I follow him on Facebook, and it's just crazy, crazy. Is but, his TV show called Pump My Ride? No, but so his um, sculpting work is just fantastic. This is it was a limited edition of uh, fifteen hundred, I believe, the uh, two thousand and eight version, and it is twelve uh, and a half inches tall, nine inches wide, and ten inches deep. So it is a a big a big unit. And, uh, no, actually not terribly heavy, but a de- decent weight to it as well. So the design of this is dark side, um, on the ground, uh, standing over a fire, flaming fire, scary pit. And then Superman has come in for an attack from above. Dark sides grabbed him by the hands and is holding him, uh, no, it is not a Dirty Dancing recreation, um, <laughs> as uh, Eddie tried to imply on Facebook. Um, it's actually they're, – they're fighting, not dancing, okay? The classic confrontations statues, um, of which there was a Green Lantern versus Sinestro, uh, which I only have the mini statue version of, uh, the Batman versus Killer Croc, which has had a reissue recently as well. Wonder Woman versus Ares, which is amazing, um, as well. And then there's a couple of other smaller ones, but these were the, the, those were the big ones. Uh, amazing, but also very fraught in the breakage department because you have either one character attached. Oh, there's Superman versus Wonder Woman as well. Um, one character attached to another somehow, and if it's kind of broken, then it's very sad and all broken. Um, the super, the Green Lantern and Sinestro one was particularly notorious, and also the large version of Superman versus Wonder Woman for breakages because of the the way that they were joined together. And in fact, my mini statue version of Green Lantern versus Sinestro is the second one because my first one broke as well. Um, but this one is pretty secure. There's only two pieces to this statue. Uh, it is the base, and then Darkseid and Superman are one piece. 
Um, I, I'd be really fascinated to know whether or not they were actually cast as one piece. Mm. Uh, but certainly the way that um, they're joined together is only by the wrists, the, the hands of Superman being clasped in Darkseid's hands. There's no other uh, connection point there. And so all the balancing and joining is from that, which is uh, potentially scary, but mine um, is was not broken when I took it out of the box and still <laughs> isn't, so yay. Uh, Design-wise, the Superman's taken a little bit of a beating. He has got uh, some scorch marks on the end of his cape to add um, to the excitement. Darkseid is in his uh, oversized um, version, so Ben, I know, will will not like it. <laughs> uh, I don't mind him being big, but yeah. you know, I certainly don't never picture him as being twelve feet tall or anything. No, no. I mean, certainly the uh, as we've said, you know, a lot of times on the show, the original Jack Kirby Dark Side was normal height. Yeah, and he's then, wide. Yeah, that's right. Well, is it? I think it was to get real geeky here. John Byrne had the theorized that the boom tubes not only like sent you across space but they actually shrunk and expanded you so that they actually the new gods are actually quite behemoth and tall but when they travel through a boom tube to earth it shrinks them down and vice versa for the characters going the other way and that's Mm. how he wrote out the size discrepancies of different periods Uh, in like a weird i I think it was john Byrne. it might have been someone else but there was yeah there was some weird trying to use boom tubes to explain the size of new gods Hmm. that is no science base whatsoever and really can't be used in an argument of statues. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh dear. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, the, by the time you get to the great darkness saga, dark side, you know, the classic Legion of superheroes, um, storyline, then he's definitely, uh, shown in some of those, um, Oh, even, you know, even then he's still not, the very oversized baddie that he became by the time uh, Legends and that sort of thing came around. So, um, but at any rate, it certainly makes for an impressive um, piece here. This I cannot imagine. You know the the challenges in um, designing something like this because you've got to work from concept to just the kind of physics of. Well, how is this going to join together? How will it stand up? You know, how will it be balanced? Um, and I think that's one of the real feats of these two-piece statues, um, particularly some of the classic confrontations ones like Wonder Woman versus Ares, they both stand on the base. So it is a beautiful piece, but, you know, not as, um, probably challenging on the design side, whereas, a piece like this or the Green Lantern versus Sinestro one, there's one character that is attached to the base and the other character that's only being supported by the initial character. And so that, you know, it's quite a um, accomplishment from, from that point. But it's really interesting. I think looking back at this piece and we are going back to 2008, just at the kind of level of detail, the complexity of this compared to uh, quite a bit of the stuff that, uh, we're getting today from DC collectibles, etc. Particularly, you know, put this next to something like the DC icon statues, etc., and they really look like a 
a great school project. <laughs> um, the, the detail on this from the base to, uh, the sculpting on Darkseid, his outfit, the, uh, rocky surface of his skin, etc., is just amazing. Um, paint as well, um, really beautifully applied. No girdies here. Um, <laughs> even, even the, uh, you know, the only thing that you could really quibble with paint wise is that, uh, the paint on Superman's hands that are being grasped by Darkseid, there's a tiny bit of bleed um, from the uh, flesh tones of his hands onto Darkseid's fingers just on one hand. But even that, you know, is pretty amazing. That's obviously hand-painted and a big job. Um, and, uh, again, I'm really fascinated to know uh, whether or not that was all cast as one piece or somehow joined together later, but I can't, I can't see any joins there. It really does look like, um, this is, this is one piece. So this is something that because of the reissue of this is still out there. I, I think you might, you might struggle to find it, uh, in stock at e-retailers, but certainly if you have a look online, um, at, or a look at eBay, etc., because the second edition is out there and it's fantastic. Like I said, the, uh, Superman, I think, is a bit darker. His outfit's a little bit darker. Um, the first uh, edition is pretty pricey, uh, secondary market-wise, but second edition, um, you know, I think this kind of ran around the 250-300 mark when it came out, and you can find it, the, the second edition of it, um, for just a little bit more than that um, on eBay, but you've got to factor in shipping as well. But I think it's, it's good to kind of bring these things back and just let people know that, Hey, this stuff is out there because, uh, this was a real, a really fantastic line. And I would love to see, uh, DC collectibles. Um, it's great to see them reissuing these and making them available, um, to people. The Batman versus Killer Croc one, um, I have the second edition of that. The first edition was going for nearly a thousand dollars on eBay. Nice. Yeah, be- before the second edition came out, and there was you know the usual discussion at the time when they announced the second edition of you know people that had it complaining that you know this reduces the value, blah blah blah. Uh, but <laughs> you know, for me, I-, I think we are all well served by these things being accessible to to new collectors because that fuels the industry. Um, so it is worth kind of having a look. Um, Dolly rating wise, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I really, I cannot fault it. Um, it is really quite stunning. The facial expressions on both Superman and dark side. It's really, um, amazing. And I think, um, from a classic point of view, like I think the Batman versus killer croc, uh, statue is a bit more dynamic, um, but the Killer Croc's pretty modern in it, um, whereas this really, you know, in terms of a, a, a classic um, version of characters and statue, love it. So mm. that is – I hope that wasn't too vintage for you, Eddie, 2008. <laughs> no, this is the opposite. This one's got me a bit nostalgic for it because I don't really miss it on Batman, but the red underpants on Superman – there's just something about the way that breaks up the costume. Yeah. And I, I just miss that look. Yeah, for sure. Mm, very good. Good out. That's my review. Outstanding. All mm. right. Well, that was our final Toy of the Week, and we'll come back in a moment, and we'll run through some feedback and wrap the show up. 
More muscle, more metal, more than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Bored from Mighty Batman Comics, all new legends blaze with all new power. Slice into time with Samurai Batman striking a massive blow for justice. As Silver Knight Batman flash sizzling steel and cut through crime of a different time. And encased in a mammoth medal of flight pack, Batman solved the riddle of crime every time. More than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Batman. Figures each sold separately. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, suggestions, or even the occasional insult on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And Eddie, you've got a bit of a feedback concerning a a certain time traveller. I do. We have uh, a correction set in here from... uh Derek WC, uh, and he says, behind on podcast listing, Derek, uh, <laughs> so I'm listening to 196 today. Uh, some nerd things. Eighth Doctor, I think Eddie meant season eight Doctor, yes, question mark. And <laughs> also think Man Without Fear, Daredevil, uh, was meant rather than Born Again. Uh, so, Derek, you are half right. I did mean Man <laughs> Without Fear. Uh, Daredevil rather than Born Again. Uh, Born Again, he did have the bandana, but it was just the over the eyes one, the man without fear from the show. Uh, you are correct in that design where it was the full head bandana. But I did actually mean the Eighth Doctor, so on that side I was <laughs> still correct. So it's a draw, Derek, on uh, these ones. Um, so the Eighth Doctor's Paul McGann, and that is the figure uh, that they are releasing from um, he was in a TV movie in 1996, but they did bring him back for a small cameo around the time of the fifth doctor, uh, coming through there. Sorry guys, I'm going to stop. Did you get that loud bing come through or was that just on mine? I heard something, but it wasn't I heard loud. A, I heard a subtle bong. Yeah. Bong. Yeah, yeah. That was just something that came, my computer just decided to make a noise. <laughs> and it took me off track. Do you know where I was up to when it? Oh, well, not now that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think I'll just count back into the where I'm again. Yeah. I'll, I'll tie it together somehow. Yeah. Five, four, three. Uh, and so Paul McGann was uh, actually in, uh, he had a cameo. Uh, in the around the 50th anniversary of the Doctor, and it's of that cameo time period uh, with the new Doctors that they're doing a figure of, which is where the confusion might have come from. There you go. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, Eddie. And uh, Mr. Scotty, um, got something big happening pretty soon, and there's stuff that you can get if you do stuff. For sure. So we are about to to turn 200 episodes old, which is just ridiculous. Um, and, uh, we don't feel a day over, you know, mm. 190. No. Um, and, uh, as always, our lovely sponsors are going to be donating some prizes and got some Hooray. other, um, prize offerings as well. So we are shaping up to have quite a nice little pool of giveaways and what we're going to do and it should be up by the time you hear this show, it should be out already. We're going to do a caption this contest so there'll be uh, a few different photos of action figures and there's going to be even a statue one and 
you are going to enter the contest by adding a funny caption to one mm. of them. Um, <laughs> you can go all crazy and, you know, do pretty Photoshop, etc., or you can just, you know, type the things below. It doesn't matter. And uh, all those entries will go into uh, our prize draw um, to be drawn at the end of the 200th episode, and we'll give away all the good stuff that we get. Huzzah! Yeah, special thanks to um, Mike's Comics and Stuff and Bam Kapow, who have both uh, got prizes to donate. We've got some other little goodies um, thrown into the mix as well. So very exciting. Fantastic. And uh, we love it when we can um, give you guys stuff. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, speaking of episode 200, we're doing something just a, a little bit different for that. Uh, and we're going to be taking a bit of a look at um, our favourite characters uh, and how they are represented in the world of pop culture collectibles. So, um, look, you know, we love hearing from you guys, so feel free to tell us um, who your favourite character is. Uh, tell us what your favourite items in your collection uh, that uh, feature that character. Um, tell us, you know, what your favourite high-end item is, what your favourite sort of uh, cheap action figure is, uh, and maybe, you know, if you've got something quirky that, that features that character, like, uh, you know, I know for, for some people the Superman cheese is um, is quite the collectible. So, yeah, let us know, and um, you may just uh, hear it included in episode 200. Yay! All right. Yeah. Well, that's us for another episode. Huzzah. Hooray, everybody. Yay. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. All righty. See you guys. Bye. Good journey. Bye.